0: Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you.
1: And that's why if you look at our Christian lives, we often wonder, ah, but these are children of God. How come they this can this kind of thing happen to them? Many times, the root is strife. Contentious, argumentative words, insisting on your own rights and your own way. And even when you have to do it with meekness and reverence, tell them the truth and then leave it. So today, we're going to look at these two. You know, for today, uh, we're going to look at uh, uh, I forgive people from the heart. This is this same first Corinthians chapter 13. And we're now looking at this is uh, a, you know verse we were we're in verse six now verse six and seven. This is verse six. You know what verse six says that rejoiceth not in equity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Then beginning of verse seven, beginning of verse seven quickly. Aha! You know. Uh, bears up on all, all, all things. Before we get here, I'm going to come to here in a minute. Go back to verse 5. There's a place where it says, it takes no account, it's, it's not easily provoked, you know, it takes no account of the evil done to it. That's it. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It does not pay attention. Everybody say attention to a suffered wrong. It does, it's not as if it's not conscious of it. It just does not give it its time. He's it does, it does, not thinking about that. He's not holding on to it. He's not thinking about how he's going to get his own back. He pays no attention. Now, this, this expose that the Holy Spirit gave me really exemplifies it. So, let's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's confession number nine in uh, keeping yourself in the love of God. I forgive people from the heart. I will say it after me, say, I forgive people from the heart. I didn't hear you. Say it again. Turn to your neighbor. And say, "Not from the head, though. from the heart." That is latokonwa, In our language that means it has to be it has to be honest. It has to be genuine. It has to be sincere. It can't just be, you know just mm, I forgive. I forgive people from the heart when they wrong me or any time I see them sin by instantly, everybody scream instantly. Don't your neighbor say not after two weeks. <laughs> can, you see, can you see the clogs that are blocking the power? That's why the church doesn't have power. We don't, we're not doing, majority of us don't do these things. I forgive people from the heart when they wrong me. And anytime I see them saying, that is, they didn't wrong me. But I now see them do something stupid. Or something wrong. And you know, most of us, we have a pharisaic attitude. You know, when you see somebody who doesn't wrong, in your heart, you say, Hey, look, I'm a Christian. Hello? Am I reading anybody's mail here? You see, you just, you just, you just hmm, hmm, hmm. Then we become to scripture pastor all this day. I've been listening to pastor. Libby. Look, look, look at what, just look at what he did. If they didn't do anything against you. Your attitude to that person should not be one of disdain. It should not be one of condemnation. That's we begin to be. You begin to think like God. God too saw the sin. God too saw that person's sin. How does God treat them? That's what God is teaching us in this verse. I forgive people from the heart. I didn't hear you. When they wrong me, or, or means. Even when they are not wronging me, if it's not me, you know, anytime, scream anytime, (laughs) scream it again. (laughs) I see them sin by instantly. Everybody, scream instantly. Don't let the thing stay. And I'm going to show you the wisdom. All these things they gave, they came to me by revelation by wisdom, and God's helped me over the years, I practice these things, you know, by yet not I, but the grace of God, which is me. By instantly asking God in my thinking for mercy to cleanse their sins by the blood of Jesus, give life to them, you, you know, the Bible says, if you see a brother's sin, say says shall ask life for him. That's in 1 John. You see, that's what John learned. John was practicing these things. You know, of all the apostles, only John died a natural death. He died almost a hundred years old. Looked after Mary in a house in Ephesus. There's nothing they didn't do to try and kill John. They threw him to lions, lions will not eat him. Like Daniel in the lion's den. They put him in boiling oil, the oil will start boiling. They did everything. They couldn't kill him. So the Roman emperor banished him to the Isle of Patmos. To take him, because he was the... After Paul died, John became the head of the church. Jesus is the head, we know. But on the earth, all those churches came under the covering of John. That's why he wrote a letter to Gaius. Gaius was actually Paul's disciple. You see this in the Acts of the Apostles. But after Paul had died... It was, he said, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius. And he wrote a beautiful, what we call first and second and third John, those little uh, uh, epistles. John was a great man. Let's give the Apostle John a super clap of it. <laughs> he outlived all of them, including Paul. Because John from Jesus learnt the secret of love. That's where we get these instructions from. You don't find anywhere else. You don't find any of the Pauline epistles. You find forgiveness in the Pauline epistles, but you don't find this detail where you give life to them. And later, I'm going to explain all of this in a minute. Pray for them in tongues, relating to them. This is how you don't pay attention to it. It's there. What they did is wrong. But how not to pay attention is that you have to now relate to the people in wisdom without bitterness, but with goodwill. The Holy Spirit taught me all of this. It's all in the Bible, but it's scattered. This is an example of epignosis. Complete knowledge. You see what the Holy Spirit is that he now took different parts of this thing, like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, And then, by his mercy and grace, put it together. This is how to operate, not to pay attention to a suffered wrong. Now, let's break it down in practice. When anybody does anything to you, and hurts you, or says what they shouldn't say, instantly in your mind, just say, Lord, have mercy on them. Cleanse their sin by the blood of Jesus. You don't have to say with your mouth, especially if the argument is still on or whatever. Just say, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on them. Ask for cleansing of the blood of Jesus. Ask for life for them. And you know what I've learned to do? I, as I do for them, I do for myself. See, because I myself, I'm not perfect. I'm going to perfection, but I may have said or done something wrong. So as I'm forgiving them, I forgive myself. Ask life for them. I ask life for myself, so I can behave properly and I can respond properly.
0: Hmm. Then
1: later, that is after you've left the person. I went, you know, that's why you need to be praying once every six hours, and you know, in between, as led by the Spirit. So maybe something has just happened. You now immediately you leave that place and you're alone. You ask. That's the later. You now say, Lord, please have mercy on me. I receive your blood to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive life. I ask mercy for them. I remit their sin for what they've done. I forgive them. I ask life for them. Then you pray in tongues for them and for you. This is the practical meaning when the Bible says that the edifying of itself in love. The body, where, we, you imagine if all of us do this every day. When you see something, you forgive them instantly with your mind and, you know, and all of that. Then later, uh, you now ask life for them. You ask life for yourself. You pray for yourself in tongue. It's not long, long wisdom. It's not long prayer. Just two, three, you know, and a minute, 30 seconds, you know, because you should have done early morning prayer and all of that in the background. You know, you you're edified. They are edified. They are strengthened so that they won't do that kind of thing again. Or they will do better next time. Then you relate to them in wisdom, without bitterness, but with goodwill. Goodwill Goodwill—you don't wish them bad. You will them good, even if they don't deserve it, even when they have not repented, even when, although you've prayed for them, you can't see a change in them. You still have to relate to them. That's how you don't pay attention. The suffered wrong is there, but you don't pay attention to it. You just treat them like this with wisdom. Without bitterness, but with goodwill. And anytime I preach this over the years, I use an example of something that happened in church. This was many, many years ago. We're still in Buddhist National School. And there was a young man in the church who was young back in those days, you know. He must have been maybe a little bit at my, at my age. Maybe he was in his 20s. You know, maybe early 30s and all of that. This is 1987, 88 you know, before we moved here. You know, and uh, it's quite a long story short. He, he was counting offering with the offering counters. Mommy will remember the story. And some of the older ladies, I'm sure Mama Afi may remember, you know, and some of the others, you know. So, he stole from the offering. But unfortunately, or should I say, sadly for him, regrettably for him, one of the ladies who was counting the money was the one who put that offering in a particular envelope so she was counting with the people and it was her who put the money in so she knew the money was should be there but lo and behold the the envelope was empty and the money was not there so somebody must have taken the money one of the ladies you know uh, she went to be to Canada, you know, with her children some many years ago. You know. Anyway, so they now came to tell me that ah, somebody so we called all the money counters together. To cut a long story short, you know, we now found out it was him, you know, and he began to beg and all of that. Some people are telling me, take him to the police, lock him up. You know, he's a thief, and he is. You know, you can always quote scripture. You see, it is not the letter, it is the spirit. Sure, he was a thief. Sure, what he did was wrong. He was a thief. But he's still our brother. If he was your brother, how would you treat him? Which is what I did. So I now told him, I said, what you did was wrong. So he said, well, the reason why he took the money was his brother was sick. And he needed money to help the brother in hospital and that he was under a lot of pressure i said you're very wrong i said why did you come and tell me your brother was sick i would have helped you i said you know i should give it over to the police that's the correct thing to do i should report it because it's a theft i said because but you're a brother you're a member of the church so i'm not going to do that I said, I forgive you. But I relate with wisdom. I removed him from money counting. That's wisdom. I remembered, but not with bitterness. I remembered he stole money. I didn't stop him from coming to church. I didn't even announce it. Nobody in church knew except for the few money counters. I did not disgrace him but i think he became an usher if i remember now you know if you start ushering but don't count money <laughs> that's wisdom so i relate them with wisdom without bitterness but with goodwill i use that as a practical example that's how you should handle people who do you wrong number one forgive from the heart two Uh, forgive their sin, cleanse them by the blood of Jesus, ask life for them, pray for them in tongues, then relate to them with wisdom. Don't expose yourself to them, you know, particularly if they have a fault in a particular area, you know, but don't be bitter in your heart and have goodwill towards them. And the truth about the matter is that many times if you do that, people will change. And when they change and they get better, then you can relate to them better and better and better. You pay no attention isn't that how God relates to us? How can you go back to God after some of the terrible things you have done and said? <laughs> Do you want me to remind you? <laughs> how does God how does God relate to you? Let me let me bring it home, you know, with the Bible example. How would God relate to Peter after Peter denied him and cursed? He told him, he said, watch and pray oh. He told him, he said, this night you will betray me three times. He said, me, yeah. He said, even if like kill me, the usual Yoruba, you know the Hebrews are just like the Yorubas. <laughs> you know, we have mouth. Yes, just the way. we have so many similarities between the Hebrews and the Yorubas. You know, I got even If it was a typical Yoruba man, I'd say, ah, Allah, my je, lai, lai, my baiku. In our language, that means never I would die with you. And that's what Peter said. Not only Peter, all the others too said the same thing. Just didn't even argue with them. You know, you never argue with somebody when you know better than them. You just leave it. Just never argue with them. And we all know what happened that night. He got to the high priest. He said, ah, you like Galilean? He said, I don't know the man. Then, it, uh, after a while, the crow crowed again. He said, ah, this man, is..." one of them. Then he cut off somebody's hair that night. The relative of that one remembered, that is the guy with the sword that wanted to finish my, my brother. You know, he said, surely he said, your, your, your language, your, your accent betrays you. You are a Galilean. The Bible said, then he began to curse. Odin the apostle. How did God relate to him? He didn't pay attention to that suffered wrong pay attention? Immediately after the resurrection, Oh, God is such a kind person. He said, go and tell and Peter. And Peter. He appears to all of them that night after the resurrection. He doesn't talk about what Peter did. He gives Peter his prime position as the apostleship. And on the day of Pentecost, who preaches first? Peter. Give him a clap offering. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus. Then give Peter to a clap offering. How would you have behaved? Ah, you will remember very well. So after your resurrection, the first thing you say is, uh, you see this Peter. Hmm. Tobari, you know I told you that night. Three times before the cock crowed, he denied me. Anyway, we still keep him as apostle, but we're we'll to preach. <laughs> we will shove it in his face. Just didn't even mention it. It was years later, after the gospels were written, that people even knew what happened. Do you see why we don't have power? Let's go to the last one. The next uh, confession. This is we're ending First Corinthians thirteen today. The next week we're going to start the Pauline prayers. You don't want to miss that. Oh, hallelujah! Glory be to God. Now let let. Let's look at the scripture. You see, the the scripture says, first of all, let's go to the scripture. Yes, let's do the scripture first. No, verse 7. Go to verse 7. Right. Yes, this amplified. This is what the scripture says. And I'm going to show you the confession we made out. Mommy was talking this morning about making prayers. You take scripture by revelation that God has shown you, then you build a prayer out of the scripture based upon scripture. Is this clear? You don't just pray. Now, to so a lot of places, they are all praying, you know, praying. I was saying with Pastor Andrew the other day. Uh, you know, you, you, a lot of our prayers today are based on human emotion. Olua shanu me, Olua and Olua In our language, that means God, please have mercy on me. Yes, God will have mercy on you, but you know, God is not moved by human sentiment. Otherwise, you hear all the prayers of all the people. <laughs> He's moved by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One time, Jesus appeared to Kenneth Hagen. Kenneth Hagen's wife had a goiter. And Kenneth, she was going to die. Ken Hagen says she would die young. And that she was going to die. You know, Kenneth Hagen was disturbed about it. They had been praying about it. So in one of the visions, Jesus appeared to him. He said, I've come to answer your prayer. He said, I know you've been praying for your wife. He said, and I want to tell you, now I'm here. I've answered that prayer. Now, he, she couldn't get healed by pure faith alone. So he said to her, he said, tell her to go to the hospital and do the operation. And I will super, supernaturally speed up the healing process. And she will live and she will not die. Then he said something that touched me. I recommend this book for anybody. Go on Amazon.com or Amazon.co.uk and Put Kenneth Hagin's books. You see, there. I believe in visions. Download is just about six pounds or something. You know, it's, it's more that it's, it's worth more than the brisket and, and, and the and the and the gala, <laughs> you know, and the coke that you and the meat pie that you buy. It's not. It's cheaper than that. So skip one meat pie and buy the book. <laughs> Amen. You know, and you know what Jesus said to him. He said, "Son, I answered your prayer." Because you asked me to. He said, I love all my children. He said, they cry, they weep. He said, but I'm not moved by human emotion. I have to move. He said, but they don't have faith. He said, that's why many of my children die. He said, I've answered you now because you prayed to me and I've come to answer your prayer. That even though she has to go to the hospital, she'll be okay. And interestingly, Oretta, that's the name of the wife, outlived Kenneth Higgins. Look at the irony. Of course, he, he was a little bit older than her, maybe one year older than they. Were. They married when, I think, Higgins was 18, she was 17, something like that. They were, they were very young when they married. But the point we're making is this, you know, and Jesus took a Higgins in that vision. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not sentiment. It's not crying. He said, but they don't have faith because they're not being taught. They don't have the word of God. don't put the word of god in their hearts and with faith comes by hearing hearing the word of god which is what mommy is saying and i was saying about good morning jesus It's structured prayer so you need to listen to what the leaders are saying the declarations they are making the scriptures they are based on you have faith then you pray in tongues and then you agree with them and pray then it will work so love bears up under anything And everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes I didn't hear you. Are fadeless under some circumstances. It endures many things without weakening. What a word. This is divine love. Now let me show you the prayer we built out of it. Go to the um, keeping yourself in the love of God. This is confession number 13 in Roman numerals. This is how you will now practice this scripture in practice. I do not worry. Everybody, open your mouth. I cast all. neighbor say, All. All. lo, All. My cares and burns on Jesus. How? By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with my thoughts. Will everybody scream it?
0: As I pray in the spirit. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources including books, sermons, prophecies and articles available on our website sbcconline.org.